Hi, my name is Tecla Francesco, and I'm trying to spread the word about how practicing the law of attraction can significantly improve your physical and mental health. Join me and like-minded friends to learn more about gratitude and how to manifest health and wellness beyond your wildest dreams. Get ready to transform your life as I share my journey about harnessing the power of the law of attraction to achieve abundance. From overcoming chronic pain to eliminating daily anxiety to treating a mental illness, I've experienced so much and I can't wait to share my proven principles and techniques with you. My goal is for you to leave our weekly episodes with easy and actionable steps to implement effortlessly into your day-to-day life so you can reach your own personal health and wellness goals. So let's dive right in. Hello, and welcome back to Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. I'm your host, Tekla, and in today's episode, we'll be joined by Madeline Evergreen, who is an expert in human design. This will be our first guest interview on the podcast, and I'm so excited about it. Madeline will be introducing us to human design and talking about the benefits. She will also be reading my human design chart live for all of you. My hope is that this gives you a taste of what human design can tell you and how it can help you on your manifesting journey. If you're interested in finding out about your own human design, you can use the link in the show notes to do that. It is 100% free, but you do need your birth date, your birth location, and your birth time to the hour and minute. So a little bit about Madeline before we begin. Madeline is the host of her own podcast, The Beginner's Guide to Human Design, and she's very successful in her own business conducting private human design chart readings. Madeline also loves to host breathwork events and enjoys acro yoga and ballroom dance in her free time. She is a fellow Law of Attraction thought leader and embodies those learnings in her daily life. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction, Madeline. It's so nice to have you today to joining us. You're our first guest. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I love talking about human design. We're we're excited to have you. We've talked about it briefly. So we're about six months into the podcast right now. And We've touched on it, but in nowhere the detail that we're going to go into today. So um, I think I've shared that I'm a projector um, and we haven't really got much deeper than that. So I'm excited to hear more. Awesome. Let's start with like, what is human design? What is it based in? Um, And then how it connects to the law of attraction. That would be great. Sure. Human design is kind of like a blueprint or a map of how you specifically work. So it's unique to every single person. And you pull up your human design chart by entering your birth information. So your birth time, your location, and the date. And that's it. It's a little bit like pulling up your astrology chart, but it's just a different type of chart. It's not anything to do um with astrology, but oftentimes people who are really into astrology can find a lot of similarities with human design. So it's a map basically of how you work and how um, your energy works, what your personality is like, what your tendencies are, what your gifts are, what challenges you might have, what karmas you might have in this lifetime, what a theme could be of your life. And it's just tons of fun. I think it's the most exciting thing in the world because I've experienced in my own life and I've seen in clients that I do readings for that when you just 
trust your chart and you live according to what it's telling you, it works. Like your whole life feels so much better. You have more energy, you feel more in alignment and you're able to manifest way easier. Like you don't even have to try and everything just starts falling in line. So it's, it's like the coolest thing, I think at least. Yeah, I've I've kind of found that in my own experience already. When I was initially learning and reading about a projector, there's so many things that just made sense to me, like not forcing information upon anyone and just trying to let that come to me, to be invited, like all of those things. I feel like once I started to do that, it was just so much easier and I wasn't met with so much resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And it's really cool that your podcast is all about the law of attraction because in human design, there are a couple of very key aspects of the chart that tells each person methods of how they can manifest most successfully. And for most people, those aspects of their chart actually go against the most popular manifestation advice. So it's really helpful for people who are interested in something like law of attraction or manifestation. It's really interesting to look at your chart and just figure out how should I be manifesting for me? And does that popular advice work for me or not? And I have totally experienced this because I used to follow all the popular advice. Like I used to do all the affirmations and all the subliminals and I had vision boards everywhere and I would do all these manifestation rituals and it never worked. Or if it did work, it would take forever. And I felt like I was straining myself. But now I've learned that the way that my chart tells me to manifest is the opposite of all of those things. And when I do that, things just like vacuum to me. They like get suctioned in and I'm like a magnet and it's really easy and fun. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, like doing things and acting intentionally with what feels in alignment to you. So even before I knew anything about human design, I just knew that some things worked more easily for me and came more naturally. And those things that I was struggling with, like creating a vision board and looking at it every single day. And uh, those things were just overwhelming. And I felt like I was constantly reminded. And I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't sit that well with me. And I think part of my design is kind of set it really specifically and then forget it. Um, but mm -hmm. we're going to get into that. I, I know soon. So do you want to jump right in? Where do you want to start? Yeah, let's start with the fact that you're a projector. So for anybody who doesn't know what that means, this is the part of human design that most people start with and most people get most excited about. And they kind of stop here until you really dive in. And it's amazing if you can master what it means to be a projector. And even if you never learned anything else about your chart, this would already change your life tremendously. So a projector is one of the five different energy types. It's not your personality type and it's not everything about you, but it's telling you how your energy works and what your role is energetically with other human beings on the planet. And there are five different energy types and we could get into all of those, but let's just focus mainly on yours, which is a projector. Now a projector is somebody that's called a non-energy being. And that sounds bad, but it's not. It's not a bad thing. There's nothing that's inherently bad in anybody's chart. But a non-energy being means that you don't necessarily create energy for yourself or for anybody else. 
And so you need the other people on the planet who do create energy to do their role, to do their job and to be in alignment because those people's energy, that's going to spill over and help give you energy. And so you're going to understand what that means a little bit more the, the longer I talk. So just put that concept to the side for a moment. Now, a projector is somebody that is a little bit like a bird sitting up in a tree, up in their nest, and they're looking down and they're seeing all the bunnies and all the squirrels and the other animals running around on the ground being busybodies. So all those other animals are doing all these things, they're eating and hunting and pouncing and playing and doing stuff. And then this bird, you, the projector, you're sitting in your nest watching and you can see, oh, if that squirrel went that way, it would be more efficient. And oh, if that bunny did that, they could get more lettuce. And you can really see from a unique perspective how everything could work better and more efficiently. And then every once in a while, you swoop down from your tree onto the ground and you do a little bit of busybody stuff down there, poking around for worms. And then you share your advice and you let these animals know like, hey, here's some pointers. Then you go back up to your tree and you do more observing. And the majority of your time is spent in that kind of observation mode. And that's a just kind of a metaphor for how a projector would work best compared to other people. So other energy types are going to work better where they're constantly being busybodies, doing, 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 and they don't really have a very special or unique perspective on things though. And they may not really have ideas on how everything could be shifted or improved or changed. So where this comes out in real life is that you as a human being have a special, unique perspective on things. And the advice that you give really does work. So anybody who listens to your podcast should know that because whatever you say probably works just simply because you're a projector. Plus, I'm going to just say there's other aspects of your chart that tell me this too. We'll get into that later. But the problem with being a projector is that you can feel almost burdened or haunted or riddled by the fact that you have so much to say, like you have so many pointers for people and so much advice to give and so much wisdom and knowledge that if you were to just say all that, it would be upsetting for other people. Other people would think that you're critical or that you are giving unsolicited advice and they would feel turned off by the amount of advice that you have to give. So you need to apply your strategy. Each of the energy types has a special strategy for how they approach life. And your strategy is to be invited. And I heard you mention that earlier. So mastering your strategy will completely transform your life. And it can make it so that you feel really satisfied instead of feeling kind of bitter or resentment towards other people. So what does it mean to be invited? It just simply means that you are waiting for other people to literally ask you for your perspective. So to make it real clear, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, could you give me some advice on you know, my website? What do you think of this page? Well, that's them asking. And then you just simply tell them what you think. But if nobody's asking, then it's not going to be appropriate or acceptable for you to just walk around spewing out all your advice and wisdom. And I've heard from a lot of projectors when I do readings that this is very frustrating for them. 
<laughs> is that what it's like for you? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I noticed that, especially, you know, when starting this podcast, there was a few people who was dying to like have listen. And I really wanted to share this content with them and this, um, all of my life experience. And it just was met with that resistance. And I was pushing and pushing and pushing. And then I realized like, I can't do that. Like if they're going to, they want this information, they want the content, they'll come, they'll listen on their own. And it's, you know, that was with friends and family at first. And now, you know, it's grown and grown over the past six months, but I have seen those people who want to listen, they're joining and we're growing so fast. And I think once I did take that step back and the more hands-off approach to be invited, it was so much easier for me. And I think I felt less in turmoil with myself um, and it was less pressure and less force. And we don't like to force anything as we all know. So yes, I have noticed that for sure. Um, I have a clarifying question. So as a projector, I am looking to be invited for my perspective, but am I also looking to be invited in other areas of life outside of advice giving? Yes, but you don't just have to sit on the couch and wait. This is what everybody always asks me like, Hey, so when I'm waiting for the invitation, do I just literally sit around and do nothing? And the answer is no. When you're waiting for the invitation, you get to do whatever you want, truly. So you get to think about what are the things that I'm naturally interested in? What are the things that I'm attracted to or that I'm curious about? And start to do those things and start to master some crafts or get good at some skills. And nobody even has to know about it. So it doesn't mean that you're showing everyone like, hey, everybody, I'm so good at knitting or whatever it is you're working on. You're just not worried about what anybody else is doing. And you're just thinking, I'm interested in this thing and I'm going to do this no matter what anybody else does or thinks. And then when a projector starts to focus on themselves and really like pump up their own skills in life, they like inflate their aura because this whole human design chart is actually in your aura and everybody's auras are interacting when they in you know when they come in contact with each other and so other people are going to be able to pick up on your aura that you are a person of skill or you're a projector you have a unique perspective and they're going to be more open to asking you for advice even if they don't know anything about you So for example, when you start to really focus on yourself and master your own life and your own interests, you could go to the airport and run into complete strangers and people will start asking you for advice about random things. It could be anything. It's not just like, where's the bathroom or where's the line to get on the plane, but they might just start asking you actual deep, interesting questions. And when that starts happening to a projector, you know that you're living in alignment. And then I, you mentioned your friends and family, they're going to be the last people to ever come to you. If that they may never do it. And we all have to get used to that, that our closest friends and family sometimes just never see us as an authority or as an important person. And we just have to let that go, but it's the acquaintances or the clients or the casual friends or the strangers will start to flock to you for your unique perspective when you have completely let go of trying to share anything with anybody. So how would that show up for you with your podcast? Because this is, it's an interesting thing. If I were you, and maybe you're already doing this, 
but if I were you, I would look at the podcast as this is my favorite thing. Like I really enjoy podcasting. I really enjoy the law of attraction and I'm going to talk about it on this podcast, no matter who listens and no matter who cares. And this is just something that I really like doing and I'm focusing on myself. And then that's for a projector, the way that people will want to come in. But if you are a different energy type, you would actually approach that differently. So that doesn't actually apply to every single type, but it does apply specifically to you. How interesting. I love, I love this. And the more that you talk, the more it resonates with me, which is how I know, you know, it's, it's in alignment. And I think we talk about that a lot here. And I think about that a lot for myself, like what comes easily is supposed to be. And I've tried to take a step back from controlling every little aspect of my life and seeing what opportunities actually present themselves to me. And I feel like things have just been coming my way. And it's, it's been a whole new world in the past few months. That's amazing. Yeah. And something else that's so helpful to understand about your chart is your not self theme. It's kind of a silly name for something, but it's a not self theme. Everybody has one and yours is bitterness. So what does bitterness mean? Bitterness is any time that you feel like, oh, if people would just listen to what I say, or, oh, if that person would just do it this way, they would be more successful. And if you start getting bitter or frustrated or excessively judgmental about the fact that other people aren't doing it as well as you want them to, or as well as you know they could, then you need to make a choice. So that's actually on you. If you're feeling bitter and upset about those kinds of things, it has nothing to do with the other person. And this comes up so much with projectors. And um, I just want to say, like, nobody needs to feel bad about themselves if they have bad thoughts about other people. Like lots of projectors secretly have thoughts like, oh, everybody's such an idiot because they don't even know how to do this. And like, you don't have to say it out loud if you think that, but I'm just going to say lots of projectors have that exact thought. So if you do or somebody else, don't feel bad about yourself. It's just a natural thought, but it's a sign that you are actually out of alignment. And yeah. then you have two choices. So one, you could kick that person out of your life forever. And I'm going to say sometimes that's a really valid thing to do, but most of the time that's not the option or it's not what you truly want. So if you're not going to just pluck that person out of your life and remove them, then you have to change your attitude. And this is where people always stop. They, they don't like to do this part of human design or they don't want to talk about it because this is the real work and it's uncomfortable and it requires personal change. So let's say you've got this person that you can't just pluck out of your life or you don't want to, or you're not ready to get them out. Then you need to look at them and find the reason you want them in your life. And you don't make it up. It's not fake and it's not Pollyanna, but we can all have multiple truths. You can be annoyed with somebody and you can find reasons why you want them in your life. And then you have to focus on why you still have them there and let the irritation part go and know that if they're not asking for your wisdom, you don't get to say it. And then that's going to drive you nuts unless you focus on why you actually like this person or want them there or have them there. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that part about the bitterness really resonated with me because I just left the corporate world. So been there for over a decade, um, kind of climbed the ladder and then got to a point where I just was feeling so resentful and angry and had having all these emotions. And I was like, something's wrong here. Like, I need to make a clean cut. Like, this isn't for me anymore. Whatever's happening, it's no longer in alignment. And I think once I stepped back from that and put my energy into the podcast, things really changed for me. Personally, just my vibe is very different. My energy is very different. The way I show up and carry myself is different. So I think that is a good indicator that something's off and you need to pay more attention. Um, And we've talked about this on the podcast over the past few weeks. When you're having those feelings, you don't need to be scared of them. You don't need to feel bad. As you said, it's, it's more just have a look, like be curious what's going on, what maybe is out of alignment. How do you make a change? Whether that's, I'm going to accept this and move on, like you said, or I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to step away and try something new. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great that you're already seeing that showing up in your life. And then for anybody who's listening that might be a projector, or even if you're not, it is actually just something that does apply to everybody. When you're really miserable with a situation, you do have those two choices. You can either change the situation or change your attitude. And most people don't even want to think about those two things. But then if you don't, you're the one that's suffering. So if you want to have a good life, it's kind of that simple, (laughs) but it's not always fun or easy or enjoyable or even easy to recognize. Sometimes it takes a long time to even notice that's going on. Right. And I think that fear emotion comes in and it's like scared of loss and scared of scarcity and all of these things that, you know, are associated with the things we know and that are comfortable, but what, what are you missing? Like you don't know until you step away, you take that chance, have faith, in the universe or God or whatever deity it is. Um, I think those things are really, really important. Totally. And then that kind of leads into your authority, actually. And the authority in human design is that voice inside of you that you're meant to listen to when making a decision. So we all have lots of voices, like we have our head and our heart and our soul. Those are kind of words that most people would just come up with, but there's actually specific names for all of those voices in human design. And everybody has one area of themselves that they're supposed to be listening to for all their big decision-making. So this is so helpful because it cuts through a lot of the confusion. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, I have a lot of conflicting thoughts when I'm trying to decide things, but it's been so helpful to know oh, I can just kind of put those thoughts to the side because I'm only supposed to listen to this one voice. So for you specifically, you are only supposed to make decisions based off of how they ma- how the outcome would make you feel emotionally. So it's super simple, but this is the one that almost everybody gets tripped up on or struggles with. When you're going to make a decision, you need to think about what are the emotions I would feel once I have done that thing. And then here's an example. Okay. Someone gave you a job offer and you're trying to decide if you should take it or not. How would I feel once I take that job? Well, I would feel excited. I would feel joy. I would feel happy. 
Or maybe a different person would say, I would feel afraid. I would feel depressed. I would feel unhappy. Those are the words. And it seems so obvious, but almost every single time I do a reading with somebody who has an emotional authority, they would answer that question like, oh, well, if I took that job, I would feel like that would be a really wise choice because I know it pays really well, but then I don't know because that's not an emotion. So you have to (laughs) pick a word like happy, sad, depressed. Those are emotions. And sometimes people do need to actually print out a sheet with all the emotions on there because sometimes it's really hard to even remember what the emotions are other than happy and sad. So if you need to print it out, do that or pull it up on your phone or whatever, but you literally pick the word of an emotion. And then if it's one that's a good emotion, you do that. And if it's a bad emotion, don't do it, even if it's a logical, smart choice. So what do you think about that when you just hear that? So when I first read that on my chart, I internalized it in a different way. And I'm so glad you clarified it. So I kind of took it as... I feel like I'm a big feeling person. Like I feel when something's right. I know when something's right, but I've always kind of looked at that and reflected on my past decisions. Like I, in the moment felt like something was off and that's been validating for me, but I haven't really had the perspective of looking forward. So that was really great. Thank you for confirming and clarifying that. How do you take kind of an objective approach when it's super scary, like ending a relationship or something like that. Like I just separated and ended a long-term relationship a few, a few weeks ago. So even though I'm feeling more at peace and in alignment, like that's so hard. And I don't know if I could have done that before and, and stood in that and shown up in a way that was totally objective. I love this question. And I want to preface it by saying it will be different depending on everybody's chart. So I'll answer it for you specifically, but anyone who's listening, this doesn't apply to everybody. So you have an area of your chart that shows that you do not have your own fears. So whenever you specifically feel fear, it's a red flag because you actually don't. And it it's weird to think about because you would think like, can't everybody feel fear? But you, you don't like you, you, you don't have your own fears. So when you feel fear specifically, not everyone, when you feel fear specifically, it's conditioning. So you've been told or conditioned or shown that it's scary to end a relationship. You actually don't feel that yourself, like your soul, when you get deep inside you don't have that fear, but you, when you don't have fears, you're highly susceptible to programming and conditioning around fear. So you can easily be trained, swayed, programmed, taught to be afraid of things when you have, when you're born without fear in your chart. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And kind of blew my whole mind because I feel like I've struggled with fear and anxiety a lot growing up and in my life and through this work and learning more about law of attraction and investing in courses, I've learned how to kind of combat that fear, let it go, release it. But I had no idea that it was conditioning. So Mm -hmm. I kind of like shocked and speechless about that. How interesting. 
Yeah, it is shocking because like I bet most people would never think like, oh, some people don't have fear. Like, no, like you would think that's just a normal thing. And of course, it's normal when it comes to survival. Like if an animal is attacking you, everybody's going to have instincts about run away and no one's just going to be really comfortable with the animal attacking them. But I'm talking about bigger things, more human life kind of stuff. And so what you can practice going forward in your life is have like a ding, 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 or a red flag pop up in your mind every single time you feel fear. And then do an exercise. Ask yourself, where did this fear actually come from? And just, I'm not telling you trust me or trust your chart, but pretend like this is totally true. Whether you think it's true or not, whether you buy into human design or not, do a test and experiment and pretend like, okay, I don't have fear. So why am I afraid? Who taught me this or where did this come from? And honestly, it doesn't really matter where it came from. And you might never figure it out because it could have come from when you were in the womb or you were a baby and you'll never really know. So it doesn't, the story doesn't really matter, but just just entertain that thought. Where did it, where did this fear come from? And then say to yourself, what would I be doing about this if I literally had no fear? Like, what are the choices now? And then you can start to listen to what your emotions are telling you. Because remember, you're, you're supposed to make choices from your emotions, not from fear or logic or anything else. Now, this is where people get really confused, though, because they say, well, isn't fear an emotion? Well, yeah, but you're still going to have to recognize that if it's fear that's making you not want to do the thing, then you haven't actually figured out what you actually feel. So for you specifically, you need to know, all right, fear isn't one of my choices as one of my emotions. When I feel fear, I need to look at the conditioning, do some self-exploration, pretend like I'm not afraid and then ask myself how I feel and then you'll get better at it. It'll, it'll just keep getting better and better. I love that. I think for me and working through limiting beliefs, especially at this time right now, that's a whole new perspective. Like that's amazing. Wow. Where did this fear come from? How did I learn this thing? What showed up for me that I can remember in childhood or adulthood that cause this conditioning. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a different aspect of that for me. I uh, apparently don't have any of my own emotions, <laughs> which is so weird because I'm really emotional. Like I cry a lot. I'm always all over the place and I'm just a, like, I get rage. I mean, I'm not like out of control, but like, I'm not going to pretend that I don't have emotions. And it's been a trip for me to stop when it's happening and go like, whose is this? (laughs) Whose rage is this? Because apparently it's not mine. And every time I do that, I've learned so much about what's actually going on. And I'm not, um, I'm not identifying with the emotion. Like it's so overwhelming or that it's mine or it has to have a story around it. So you can do the same thing with fear. Like, all right, whose fear is this? (laughs) I love that. And you just actually reminded me of something. When you said earlier that I don't have my own energy and, you know, I kind of absorb some of the energy around me, that resonated so much because I feel like being around people that I'm not in alignment with really bothers me. 
it drains me and I'm exhausted and I'm so tired and I'm just sad and not my best self. And I've always wondered why that is. Like, why does that affect me so much? And I think I've now learned that those people don't have to be part of my life and that's okay. But I I never really understood why I was so affected by that. So when you said that, it reminded me and, and now I know. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, that's the aspect of you that's a projector that we started with for anyone who's trying to keep up. Um, I know it's a lot of language with human design and it takes a little bit for people to really get it. But yes, projectors aren't going to be making their own energy and you're picking up on energy from people around you. So for you, it is absolutely a priority for you to have people that have good energy in your life. And you're never going to know like everyone around you if they're in alignment with their design or not. But you can tell, you know, you can tell if people have good energy or bad energy or if they're sucking your soul. Well, for a projector, it's really important to to fine tune who's around you. But I've met lots of projectors who use that as an excuse to just have like a bad life. They go, oh, well, I was at the grocery store and the girl at the checkout was so grumpy. So now I have a bad day. No, you can still take charge and you can still have ownership over your energy. And I'm sure that you know that. But just for anyone who's listening, it doesn't mean that you are powerless. And you are a non-energy being, but that also is a little bit misleading because technically there are areas of everyone's chart where they do create energy. And we're not going to get that deep into the chart today, but you should know that whenever you are living life according to your design and you're living authentically, you are actually creating some energy. So you're not going to keel over and die if you are alone and you're not around someone that's creating energy because you can create some. It's just not your role as a human being to be powering the planet with energy. That's other people's role. And it's really important that they do that. But um, you're just not going to be able to do that nearly as much. Okay, good to know. So what else yes. in the chart is is interesting and you think others might find value in? Well, let's talk about manifesting. Should we go there? I would love to do that. Absolutely. Okay. There are two aspects of the chart that tell you what kind of manifester you are. And one of them tells you if you're either specific or non-specific. The other one tells you if you're passive or active. So everybody is one of those two or one of those, you're two of those four, whatever. So for specific and non-specific, you are specific. So that means that you are going to attract things into your life quicker and easier if you determine some details about them, if you declare the specifics. Like if you wanted a car, you should probably think about the details of the car that you want. Like, do you want it to be red? Do you want it to have four seats? Do you, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter what the details are, but you are going to get as specific as what feels good to you. I just did a reading earlier today and somebody um, is all, someone that person was also specific. And she was telling me like, this doesn't work for me because I can't think of every single detail and I can only think of one or two things. That's fine. If you're a specific manifester, it doesn't mean you have to think of literally every single detail unless you like that. Some people love that. 
But if you can think of one detail, like I want a red car, don't care about any of the other details, that's it. That's great. And then you just determine however you want. Say it out loud, write it down, think it. Whatever you want to do to kind of solidify that that's what you want, you want to be clear that you're deciding that that's the detail you want. Does that make sense for you? I think that's super helpful because I feel like I've always wanted to be part of that creative process, right? Not just like, this is what I generally want and feel and put it out there and like, leave it alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to have some of those details. I want to think through it. I want to visualize it. And I think for myself and my life and this podcast is about healing specifically. So I've done a lot of healing, physical, mental, emotional, and that's kind of what I was thinking about. Like, how do I want to be? What do I want to be doing every day? How do I want to spend my time? How do I want to invest my energy? And thinking through those things more specifically brought me more ease. Like, this is the kind of lifestyle I want to lead. This is the kind of movement I want to do. This is the kind of flexibility I want. This is the energy I want to show up with. So that's helpful. And that's probably why it resonated so well. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really cool is that being a specific manifester really goes along with a lot of the popular manifestation advice. But for anyone listening who's a non-specific manifester, you're the opposite. Like you should not be dwelling in the detail at all. And you would want to just focus on how do I want to feel? Like if you wanted a car and you're a non-specific manifester, you might just think, oh, I just want the best car for me. Like that's it. And no more details. Or I want a car that makes me feel like I can get from place A to place B. (laughs) Like it's very, very general. Or you might even say like, I don't know what kind of vehicle I want, but I want something that's going to help me with transportation that's how a non-specific manifester would work. And it's very opposite from conventional manifestation advice. Right. Yes. And that just, even hearing you say that, I'm like, Oh no, I want to be in control. I want to do something. I want to participate. Um, mm-hmm. So the, I, yeah. I, it's hard for me to imagine a person being like, this is how I want to feel and set it and, and then kind of let go because I'm the opposite. Obviously that's what's in my chart, but I know that they're out there and it's more about what feels in alignment. How does this resonate? Like you mentioned before, how do I, how do I feel about this? Yes. And I do want to preface this by saying that you sound like you already like being a specific manifester. You're in, you, you love that. And you're already kind of doing that. And you kind of figured that out before you even learned about it, but not everybody naturally connects to their manifestation type. Like, I wish I was a specific manifester. That sounds great. And that's what I would prefer, but I'm not. And I've seen proof which one works and which one doesn't. And so I've just had to hop on board with being non-specific because I want, I want what I want. And so that's what I'm doing. But I think we all have conditioning. And so clearly I have conditioning around thinking that it's better to be specific for whatever reason. So not everybody can tell just by toning into what's natural for them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the other aspect. You are a passive manifester, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to being 
active. So you're passive. And this means that you can just set the manifestation and forget it. And you don't need to do all these rituals and you don't need to dwell on it or talk about it all the time or do a whole bunch of stuff to try and make it happen. And, um, you can literally declare what you want, put it out of your mind and move on. Is that something that's appealing to you or is that kind of a bummer? (laughs) Well, it wasn't my introduction into law of attraction. Like, as you know, in this space, everyone is about your affirmations, writing your gratitude list, like doing all of these things, creating your vision board, making sure you see it every day. Like that's the opposite of what I should be doing. I probably shouldn't be looking at my vision board every day. And over time, I've noticed that kind of letting some of those really strict routines go is better and I feel better and I don't feel so stressed that I didn't, you know, listen to 30 minutes of affirmations in the morning. I've kind of cut down a lot of those things and thought about intentionally what feels good to me, what do I want to be doing? And so now it's more like seven minutes of affirmations and I write five things I'm grateful about and it's not about those specific things I'm trying to manifest. It's just, these are the things that I feel connected to. And this is what, how I want to start my day more than I've got to do these seven things in order before I can start and get to work, you know? Totally. Yeah. And you can also still like do manifestation practices. It's a little bit of a silly thing to say because technically you're manifesting 24 hours a day all the time, whether you realize it or not. But you, as a passive manifester, you can still participate, but you want to think like, I'm going to choose the more passive activities. Like if you like vision boards, you can still make one, but put it somewhere where you you do see it, but you're not going to sit there and stare at it on purpose. Like maybe it's just on the fridge and every time you go to the fridge, like your eyes take it in, but you might not really notice. It's kind of subliminal or make a subliminal message on your phone background or listen to subliminal music where it's just music playing, but there's actually affirmations going on in tones that you can't hear. Those kinds of things where you're not like actively thinking about it and participating, those practices can work for a passive manifester as long as it feels sort of effortless and you're not forcing it. Um, Also, it's important for you to not talk about what you're manifesting all the time. I'm really chatty and I could talk to my husband for like six hours straight about everything that I want. So, and I'm passive. So I've had to tone that down. But what I've done is I've decided that I do get to tell him about it once or twice, but not over the top excessive. Like I can just say it because it's pleasurable and it's nice. And then I need to just sort of put it aside. Yes. Yes. I leaning into that more. It's hard when you start and you think you need to do all of these things. And then you realize like, no, I actually don't. And if you're met with some of that resistance or it's not feeling good, again, it's Maybe a sign there's something underlying. Maybe you're passive. You can find out from your chart. Yeah, I think that's that's all super helpful information. Yeah, and it, that's like the most nitty gritty basics that's really the most important part. But I've noticed that lots of people try and put it into practice and then they get really mixed up or 
they all of a sudden have loads of questions. Like out of everything in human design, I get bombarded with questions about this exact topic, about passive, active, specific, and non-specific. It's it's really interesting to me how many people go out in their life and then struggle to actually figure it out in real life. So I am going to be putting on a free workshop in just a couple of weeks just about this and getting way more into the weeds of it. And like literally how do you do this and giving people a chance to ask questions live. So if anybody's interested in that, just stay in touch and I'm sure we can get you into the workshop. Absolutely. And you have your own podcast on human design. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about that before we hop off here? Yes. My podcast is called The Beginner's Guide to Human Design. And I called it that because when I first started learning about human design, it was so overwhelming and I really had to try so hard to understand it. And I got all these books and I listened to like a bajillion podcasts and I felt like I was listening to Spanish or something. Like it was so complicated and I couldn't remember what the words meant. Like, wait, what's a projector? What's a generator? What's this? What's a strategy? And it was just, it it took forever for me to really master it and get it down. And so when I started this podcast, I wanted to make it really easy to understand and at a pace for people like me who are just starting out and just want the, the information, but they don't want it to be a full-time job of learning. And what I've found is that lots and lots of people have commented on the podcast or let me know that this is like the only place that they found where they can actually understand the information as a beginner. And there's tons of incredible human design content out there. But if you've tried learning from it or listening from it and you're lost, I get it. Like I, I'm actually still there sometimes that it's, it goes so fast that I, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> a little bit like astrology. If you try and listen to an astrologer talk and you don't know the names of the planets or what they mean, it's just like gibberish. So I'd love for anybody to hop on over and join me on the podcast. And I encourage you to start from the beginning because it's set up a little bit like a course where you can listen sequentially in order to learn human design from the very basic beginning. Yeah, I think you start with the five main energy types, right? Yes. And I knew I was a projector, so I listened to that one first. But then I went through the other episodes because it helps me understand other people better too. So don't just skip right to your energy type and jump all over the place. Like try and listen to it in order. It's so helpful. Yeah. And in every single episode, I do talk about whether you have that quality or not, because it's important to understand why something doesn't apply to you. Like if there's an episode that talks about, I don't know, specific manifestors, but you're non-specific, I'm actually going to be talking to you as a non-specific why it's harmful for you to pretend to be specific. So there is information for everybody in every episode, whether the episode technically applies to you or not. Plus you're right. It's really fun learning about other people. And that's been my favorite thing about human design because I used to get so annoyed by my family and my friends and just people I know like, oh, why are people like that? And then when I learned about their charts, I'm like, oh my God, the very thing that bugs me about them, now I understand why they are that way. And I'm really glad they're that way because that's actually 
why they're here. Like they're meant to be doing that behavior. And I see how it actually benefits me and everyone around them for them to just be themselves. So it's really helped me to let go of judging other people. And I'll be the first to admit that yes, naturally I judge people. I'm not a mean person, but I think we all are just naturally judgmental and frustrated by other people's silly behaviors. So it's really fun to just learn like, oh, that's why my husband does that thing. It's actually a part of his design. Cool. And then it makes life more fun. It is very cool. So for anyone that wants that information, we're going to put it in the show notes, link to Madeline's podcast, link to her Instagram too, because she goes live on there a lot. The workshops will be on there and Mm -hmm. you'll get to catch up with her. If you want your own reading, that's on her website too. So you can get your own chart read and uh, we'll stay in contact. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tecla. This was really, really fun. Thank you. Okay, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's something new that I'm trying, so please let me know on social, on Instagram or TikTok, or you can leave a rating and review on the podcast show page, wherever you like to listen. Peace, love, and mung beans. Bye.